Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Akuo, it's great to be back with you once again. I hope you were all able to enjoy your new year with family and friends, and I pray that you're here with us now looking forward to the new year, not with fear or trembling or being overwhelmed, but rather with excitement for what is to come. Now, I know me, I'm feeling incredibly excited about the year that we have in front of us. This is our third new year here at Akuo. And since year one, we do something that a handful of churches will also be practicing. So you might be looking around on on your social media and you see that we're not the only ones that are starting their 21 days of prayer series this week. We want to make sure that we are starting the year in the best way possible. That's why we do it. We want to be connected to God by surrendering to him. Now, to do that as a church, we give away the first service of of each year, right? We want to make sure that that first year, we're, we're just giving it away. We didn't have church last Sunday. We want to give our first fruits away to God. It's also known as tithing. And this is something that we have talked about when it comes to our giving resources practices over the last few years. You see, in the Jewish scriptures, God instructs his people to give the first 10% of what they bring in, not to earn his favor or, or like to not get punished, but to cultivate a life of gratitude and generosity. Now, by giving, by, by giving God what is first, we're able to enjoy every gift that we receive as a way to experience and extend the love that he has for us. Tithing is God giving us the blessing of a life unburdened by greed or pride. So we want to do the same with our time. We want to make sure we give away and dig into our relationship with God to start off the year. Now, to do that, I want to encourage you to give away some of your time over the next few weeks. I want to encourage you to do a fast or give up something for the next three weeks that will free up time for you to spend more time listening to God. Now, think of what tends to uh, occupy your time, whether it might be just like mentally or even emotionally. What gets the first of your day? What gets the most of your free time? Is it social media? Is it playing games? Could it be too much streaming? I don't know. Think of all the things that you do in your day and pick something or a a few things to give up so you can devote a little more time to God to kick off this year. So we can all be doing that together and then we can see where God will be leading us. Time away from secondary things can open up our eyes to the Holy Spirit and see how it is working in our lives. Now, there's another thing that we are going to be doing. I want you to pull your phone out right now, pull it out and open up your alarm app. Pull it out right now. And then set an alarm for 11, 11 a.m. And every single day, we are going to make sure that we are praying together as a church at that time. Why 11, 11? Because it's all once, and it's a reminder that we are putting God first during the season with our time. Now, Akua, we are going to need clear and open eyes this year, probably more than any other year since God got this church going. You see, at the end of every year, I sit down and I ask God to lead us into the coming new year. 
I'll go to him and ask for a word or a phrase, and each year he's come through. He's delivered something. So last year it was sturdy, right? We learned that the only way that we can be sturdy in our lives is by having our foundation built upon Jesus. And then because we're sturdy, we can actually support other people. Then the year before, the word that we got was fruitful. And really, that was the year that we just learned that when we dig into the Holy Spirit, when we plant our roots deep into Jesus, we will see amazing things happen in our lives. Not because we're being good or awesome, but because the Holy Spirit is working through us. And this year, the word actually came early. Like I said, normally it's in like the last quarter or the, the end of the year kind of thing, but this year I heard from God at the end of June. Uh, me and my family were at the beach and I had a few minutes to myself and I thought, maybe I should ask God about next year like right now. So I did. I just prayed, God, what do you want the word to be for next year for Akua? And almost immediately, I got hit with the word. Now, I didn't hear an audible voice, but it was like I got this deep understanding. It was like this word kept on playing in my head over and over and over again. And the word I got that day that will be our word for the year is ready. In 2023, we will be ready. Actually, the sense I got from all this is that in 2020, 2021, and 2022, we were made to be ready. Now that we are starting off 2023, we are actually ready. We have been prepared. Now we're ready to go. It's not something for the future. We are sitting in the readiness right now. And I think the last few years of, has been about planting and sowing seeds. And this year, it's going to be about reaping the benefits of the sowing of those seeds and the planting of those seeds. This year, we're going to start to see the results of us learning to be fruitful and learning to be sturdy. This year, we are ready. And I think we're seeing that happen already. Now, if you're listening to me right now, there's a good chance you're missing out on our first service inside the gym that we have been waiting to get into since we started Akuo. So if you happen to catch this before 10 a.m. on January the 8th, then you still have time to go and meet with us there. Now, I think that that alone is a huge step for our church. Even if it will only be for a season, the fact that we can get out of the elements for a handful of months will be nice. It'll be enticing to other people, and we'll be able to show them what it means to be ready in their lives. And I think more will continue to happen for the church, but on a less corporate level. For you, you, you are ready. And that's what God has placed on me to talk with you about this year, you're ready. And I know I can, I can hear the questions already, right? Like, uh, the, like ready for what? Well, here at Akuo Church, we exist to be in community with Jesus and one another. That's what we are ready for, to be in community for, with Jesus and one another. And that's the main thing that we are ready for. But I think you're ready to do it at a level that you haven't been able to do it just yet. Now, the ways that you can be in community with Jesus and one another this year at a whole other level is by following our four L's. It's some of the things that we've been talking about since the beginning, but with one minor change. They are, we're going to listen to God, we're going to love people, we're going to learn our purpose, and then we're going to link to our community. We want to listen to God. We want to sit and talk with him and find out what his will is for us in our lives. We want to love people. We know that when we put ourselves on an island, we can't really get things done. 
We need to be loving people by being in community with them, growing together. Y'all, you can't love from afar. I think real, life-changing love happens up close. And then we want you to learn your purpose. And this is actually an update from our former L's. We want you to lean into what God has created you to do. Because when you can operate in the exact thing you are created for, it is absolutely amazing. Then we want you to link to the community. There are people around you that could use you in their lives. There is a community around you that is waiting for you to be you, for you to act out of your purpose for the thing that God has created you for. People are waiting for that. So by following through with these four L's, we should be ready, or we should be able to live out the ready that God is calling us to. And y'all, I know, some of you right now are listening to this like, cool, that sounds great for you, but I'm not ready. Never have been, never will be. I get it. There are so many ways that we can look at ourselves and look at our lives and say like, no, 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 I'm, I'm disqualified, I'm out. There are so many reasons that we can look at ourselves and say that we won't ever be ready. Now, for some of us, we look around at our family, the way that we were brought up, and, and we think that we will never be someone God can use because of, like, all of this. Because, like, of the things that my parents did, or my grandparents, or my uncles, or my siblings. I'm disqualified just because they're so messed up. Or we might be saying that no one has ever helped us get ready. Like, how can we do it without that path being paved? Or he might say that we don't have the right people around us now to make sure that we are getting and staying ready. Or you might be saying, like, I'm in such terrible times right now. I'm doing the wrong things. I can never be ready. And I understand these questions and pushbacks because I have dealt with all of these at some level. And because I get that over the next few weeks, I'm going to be showing you all the ways that God has made us ready in our lives, even when we think we aren't. And this week, we're going to be talking about our families. So real quick, just by a show of hands, who watching or listening right now had the perfect family? Just If you had the perfect family growing up, raise your hand. All right, well, I see no hands up, so I'm going to make the educated guess that no one out there can, that can hear my voice had a perfect family. And in that less than perfect family, I'm sure mistakes were made. Some that were done unknowingly, right? They were just didn't know any better. And sometimes they weren't mistakes. They were malicious, malicious choices made against you. And if that's you, I'm sorry. But also, if you're one of the people that had a messed up family, I want you to know that you're in good company and really you're in the best company. And today we're going to look at the account of Jesus's life as recorded by the friend and disciple of Jesus, Matthew. Now, before following Jesus, Matthew was a tax collector. And during that time, in that job, he was basically being a white-collar thief. Now, carrying that kind of job for a time, Matthew had to be very good at keeping records. And at what we're going to be reading through today, he shows off his ability at the start of his account of Jesus' life. He shows off that skill by having a breakdown of Jesus' bloodline. Now, some of y'all have opened up your Bible maybe at some point and turned to the New Testament. You're like, you open up, well, I'm just going to get into this New Testament part. And you open it up, and you see just a long list of names. 
And because it was a bunch of people that you never heard of, you just kind of like skipped ahead. No judgment, I've done it before, I get it. But when you're able to get some of the context of those names, it makes it mean so much more. Especially when you see that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that dude, he didn't have a perfect family either. So let's take a look at it. Here is what Matthew wrote. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. All right, we'll stop right here to take a look at the story of Judah. You see, Judah had three sons. One of his sons married Tamar, and then that son died. So like the custom of that time was, she married Judah's other son. Well, that son died too. And then Judah was full of fear that his last son would die because the first two sons wasn't able to procreate with Tamar. And so he was worried that the last son's going to die before he can carry on the lineage. So instead of having Tamar marry another one of his sons, he hid her away. And then this gave Tamar an idea. She dressed as a prostitute, tempted Judah, and conceived a child with him, but without him knowing who she was. Then later on, Judah found out she was pregnant. He threatened to kill her for adultery, which is kind of hilarious because Judah was okay to hook up with the prostitute, but he wanted her dead. Whatever. Well, when she revealed that Judah was in fact the father, he then admitted that he had wronged her. Tamar ended up having twin sons, Perez and Zerah, which is where we will pick up in the genealogy. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. So we'll stop there and we'll look at Rahab. Rahab also dressed up as a prostitute, but it was because she actually was one for a while. And it's not until later in her life that she encounters people from Israel and helps them out and turns to God. Through that act, it says that she is considered righteous and ends up getting married to Salmon and giving birth to Boaz. So she totally turned her life around from being a prostitute. Then Matthew writes, Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Okay, so we have a few to talk about here. First, Ruth. She's a foreigner. She is a, a Moabitess, right? Which wasn't part of the chosen people of God. And because of that, some people would consider her just existing to be unclean. But she also turned to God, and through that act, Boaz notices her and ends up marrying her, which is a nice story. And then there's David and Bathsheba. It's anything but that. The story of these two starts with David being king, sending his army into battle while he stayed back, hanging out at the palace. So one night he wakes up, goes outside onto his balcony, and sees Bathsheba bathing on her roof. Now moved by lust at the sight of her, David gets someone to find out who she is. So word is brought back who she is. She's Bathsheba, Bathsheba, the, the wife of Uriah who was one of the leaders of David's army and really someone that was a good friend and always loyal to David. Uriah earned the title of one of David's mighty men. 
And even after he finds out who she is and who she's married to, David calls for Bathsheba to be brought to him. Then he sleeps with her and impregnates her. Now, y'all, at best, this is a wild misuse and abuse of power by David. And at its worst, this could be David raping Bathsheba. Either way, it's absolutely awful. Now, in an effort to hide his misdeeds, David called Uriah home from war, hoping that he and Bathsheba would have relations and that he would be able to pass the child off as belonging to Uriah. But he refuses because his brothers are fighting out there. And he didn't feel right doing that while they're out there. So David does the reasonable thing, and he sends Uriah to a place in the battle where he knows he will die, and he does. Like I said, super messed up. So David and Bathsheba have a son named Solomon, and Solomon ends up being king and and maybe the smartest and richest person that has ever lived. However, if you ever read the book he wrote in the Jewish scripture called Ecclesiastes, you'll see that he may have dealt with depression. He would say things like, everything is meaningless. And then he explained that the more you learned about the world, the more you were filled with sorrow. Then we move on to the rest of the group in this genealogy of Jesus, and we see that they also fell short in so many different ways. And then Matthew finishes the genealogy of Jesus off like this. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, was called the Messiah. So in his record keeping, Matthew would lay out three groups of 14 forefathers of Jesus, which is six groups of seven. Now that's important in Jewish culture because the number seven symbolizes physical and spiritual completeness and perfection. So what Matthew is saying here is that Jesus being the first one in that seventh group, that he is the start of physical and spiritual completion and perfection which is kind of amazing because the list of people that came before Jesus was so messed up. People dealing with mental health issues, right? Like, which is like all of us now. And then there were like liars. Then there were prostitutes. There were adulterers. Then there were lust-filled murderers. And from that, God brought Jesus, the Messiah, the Son, the one that would save the world by laying his life down. You see, God got Jesus ready for the world, all those people that came before him. Y'all, Jesus had all this craziness happening in his bloodline, and he was still able to be the savior of the world. Now, I'm sure some of you here feel disqualified because of your bloodline. There are a few things to kind of push back on that. First, no one's asking you to be Jesus. God did it for Jesus. It worked out. And you don't have to be Messiah. So you're like working at a couple lower levels, right? So I think you'll be okay. Two, it's Jesus that has made you ready for your purpose. Because when he spilled his blood for you, and when you believed in him, your bloodline changed. Your genealogy changed. You changed. And whether you realized it or not, you were made ready. Right now, you are ready. I understand how hard that can be to hear. And to be honest, 
I think part of the reason that I got this word from God months and months earlier than normal is because I wasn't ready to receive that. God was telling me, all right, ready, you're ready to go. But I felt like I wasn't. Part of me still feels like I'm not. But I know I just got to move. Sometimes the best ability we can have when we are dealing with God is availability. I mean, I'm your pastor. And all the crazy things that have happened for me in my family for generations before me, there's been a history of divorce, alcoholism, domestic violence, teenage pregnancy. I'm a product of teenage pregnancy. And all the data says that coming from a teenage mom, I sort of like ended up in jail or something. But I didn't. I'm here in front of you. As much as I love and cherish the family that has come before me, I know that my purpose isn't given to me by them. It's given to me by Jesus. And the same thing goes for you. Your purpose isn't determined by the blood running in your veins. It's determined by the blood of Jesus. Now to fully experience all of that, to get a purpose that transcends yourself. You have to believe in Jesus and what he did on this earth. Now, for some of you listening right now, you may have never like spoken that out before or even really considered to like live it out in any way, shape, or form. If that's you, first off, thank you for listening to this. I appreciate your interest in what we are talking about here and, and giving an honest chance for us to explain what's going on. Now, if all you were listening to say, you, you, you decided that you want all of this. You want the purpose. You want something bigger than you. Well, what I would like to do is lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. Now, in this prayer, you would just simply confirm your trust and faith in him. That Jesus is who he says he was. The son of God, the perfect lamb sacrifice for you to make you right with God. And what I'll do, I know things, this is going to be a little bit weird, a little bit scary. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the rest of the Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there ready for you. We aren't going to leave you when things get tough. So if you want to confirm your belief with Jesus, I want to lead you in that prayer. Just go ahead and say this between you and him. Just bow your head and just between you and him, just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now, for the rest of us believers, whether you have believed in Jesus for the last five seconds or the last five decades, I want to lead you in something. Y'all, we are in a season of giving up time to listen to God, so I want to do that right now. I want to just take a minute to just sit in silence and listen to God, to what he has to tell us. Really, I want to ask him a question and then listen to him. Now, I want you to know it's okay if you don't hear from him. It's still good to sit in this silence and just spend a minute with him. It's also okay if you get distracted in these moments. Remember, like I said earlier, sometimes the best availability or the best ability is availability. Just being available to God in these moments can help you connect to him moving forward later on. It can help train you up for the time later. Okay, so, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask God a, a couple of questions here. 
It's something that you can ask now and you can continue to ask him over the next few weeks. At 11.11 every day, that's something you can be asking. And he might answer it now or it could be sometime later over the next few weeks or maybe after that. So here are the questions. Just say, Jesus, can you make me into something new? And Jesus, can you make me ready for my purpose? I'll come back in a minute to finish out the prayer. everything you did for me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for laying your life down for me. Jesus, for all of us here, help us lay down the ways that we see the world. Help us stop disqualifying ourselves from the purpose you have created us for. Help us understand that we are more than the family that came before us. Help us realize that we are a part of your family now. Help us move with you and for you. And Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your holy and mighty and wonderful name. Amen. All right, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Before we go, there are a few things I'd like to share with you. I just want to remind you that we are in the gym for the rest of the winter. So if you didn't get a chance to hang with us today, come and jump in with us next week, Sunday at 10 a.m. We're going to be here for sure all the way through March, assuming everything goes well. Now, as we are moving into this new space, I just want to ask you for your patience. There are lots of moving parts that we are dealing with as we get adjusted to this new space. So also, so, so be patient with us. Also, if you feel like we're missing an opportunity for growth, if you see something that looks like it needs to get done, let us know. Or even better, jump in with us and join one of our A-teams to help us make it better every single week for the people that are coming in. Now, the only reason we're able to move into the gym or link to our community in ways that we have been over the last year is because of you and because of the way that you trust God working through Akuo, through your generosity. Now, y'all, I don't care how you are doing it. I just want you to be listening to God, asking him first before you give anything how much he wants you to give. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Okuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. We were talking about that earlier, right? This could be the place that you start. But again, we don't want this to be a burden for you. We want you to do this as a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus. 
This isn't a thing where you give something to not get in trouble or you give something to get something back. This is something that you do to celebrate all the things that you have received through your relationship with Jesus. We're going to be doing it with our time. This is your chance to do it with your resources. We want God first. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and for your family. If that's you, that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, please let us know. Now, to get that help, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to be generous here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option for that. All you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send a gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love you and I appreciate all of you and I missed you over the break and I'm gonna be praying for each and every one of you uh, as we go throughout the rest of this year. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, I, I thank you for, for everybody here. I pray that as uh, they, they close their laptops, turn off their TVs, put away their phones and their tablets, I pray that you'd be with them. I pray that you'd be speaking to them. I pray that as everybody moves throughout their week, that they would see you. That they would see the purpose that you have in front of them. I pray that they would understand how you have created them and how they are ready to step into that purpose. I thank you for everything, Jesus. I love you. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your name. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.